Eugene Peterson's got this beautiful phrase about what does it look like to live a long obedience in the same direction. And that's what we're trying to do. That's why we reflect this morning. It's like, I just want to be faithful to you, Jesus. So help me live a life that, um, that, that, that lives out this long obedience in the same direction. You know, uh, I don't know how you guys are feeling, but, but certainly with all that's happening culturally and all that's happening in the world through cyclones and all sorts of stuff, I'm like, man, it just makes me love Jesus more. I'm like, you know, the disciples are just like, like you know, a whole lot of crowds have bailed on Jesus and then like Jesus looks at his disciples like, are you guys going to go too? And they're like, where the heck else are we going to go? There's a paraphrase. Where the heck else are we going to go? You've got the words of eternal life. So where else? There's nowhere else that has the words of eternal life. And I look around at all the ideologies and all sorts of stuff, and I'm like, man, you know, we've tried a whole bunch of things and it's wound up so empty, but we discover Jesus. So, oh, there's the words of eternal life I've been looking for. Oh, and I've been following Jesus now for a long time, right? A long time. And I'm like, I just love him more and more and more. He's just so wonderful. He's, he's incredible. It's like, where else can we go amongst all the crazy in the world today? Just everything else that we try to look to for any sense of meaning or fulfillment, or it's just, it winds up being empty. And you come to Jesus and he satisfies. I love him. I love him. And so then, like, when I, this is why I like people. You know, there's a guy, John Tyson, that you've heard me bang on about. I love, I love listening to preachers and folks that are just like, just love Jesus. I just want to hang out with people that love Jesus because it's not easy to stay fired up for Jesus long term. Like we've all been fired up for Jesus, but it's like how do you stay consistent to keep to tend to the fires so they keep burning, right? So you hang out with people like John Tyson, who I, I don't hang out with him, but I listen to all the stuff. And like this guy's in New York City, Australian guy, right? And it's like that's not an easy place to be a pastor let alone a Christian, you know? And I'm like, and, and like, he just loves Jesus. And so like, I was listening to him the other day because I've, I've, I've got to stoke the fires, right? And it's like, I love this. He's like, he's like is, the, I was listening to this again, fire, is the great apostolic and vision, no, the great apostolic vision and mission of the New Testament is the formation of Christ in the hearts and lives of God's people. That's a big statement. The great apostolic vision and mission of the New Testament is that Christ would be formed in us. That's it. And then I love this. And then he gets warmed. Preachers, eh? They're good. They get warmed up. Is the great quest, the holy ambition, the obsession, the vision of my life to have Christ formed in me? And I'm like, no, but I kind of want it to be, you know? <laughs> Probably speak on behalf of a few people here. Like, no, but keen, you know? <laughs> Let's go. Uh, and so I'm like, but that, that just keeps burning in me. I'm like, I, I'm just getting to this point. I'm like, I'm burning the boats. I'm all in. Whereas like, I want the great quest of my life. To, to, I just want to have Christ formed in me. Now, I, I don't even know where to begin with the Scriptures because it's everywhere. If we go to the next slide, good luck trying to read this. But it's like Romans 8, For God knew His people in advance, and He chose them to become like His Son. He wants to form Christ in you. Philippians 3.16. So now let us live up to what we have already attained. Very dense theological sentence there, but basically saying that in Christ, you've been made whole, holy, righteous, filled with love, filled with, like you've been clothed on that because of what Jesus has done on the cross. That is all yours. It's all a work of grace that we receive. So now let us live up to what we've already attained. Let us become who we already are. 
This is where Dallas Willard says, grace is not opposed to effort, it's opposed to earning. So we receive it, but I put spiritual disciplines and practices in place in my life life to position myself to receive the love of God. Anyway, let's keep moving. Uh, Hebrews 10, for one sacrifice, he's made perfect forever. Those who have been made holy, again, a sanctification scripture. Two, oh, lost my whole talk there, goes back. Phew. Uh, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be his holy people. One Thessalonians, God will that you'll be sanctified. Philippians 1 6, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. Hallelujah. Uh, this is the, every leader should be feeling this in the church. I'm in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Like that's a, that's a scripture for anyone that has, has graduated beyond the beginning stages of Christianity and is now in leadership. There should be literally like a groan in your heart. Like, oh, I long to see Christ formed in my small group or amongst our young people or in our children or in my family or amongst my children or whatever it may be. Like this groan, it should literally feel it. We should have interviewed Kara right now. How childbirth feel, Kara? You know, and it's like, bold move there, Paul. Using that metaphor. Ephesians 4, he's given the fivefold gifts here. Again, lovely having Steve here and that, that prophetic gift uh, here. Uh, evangelists and pastors and teachers, apostles, to equip the work for service. What? Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son and become mature. So again, like we work together to bring maturity. I could go on and on and on. There's countless scriptures. This is indeed the vision of the New Testament is that Christ would be formed in the lives of people. And so we've defined that here at Bay Vineyard by stealing from other smart people. It's like we want to become a people whose entire lives are orientated around being with Jesus and becoming more like Jesus and doing what Jesus does in the world around us. Like that's, that's like literally, like how can we orientate and architect our lives so that that's it for us? We become alive when we do that. But the problem is we, we swim in this world that's trying to form me in a way that really benefits the profits of corporations. I swim in a world that will do anything to hold my attention and distract me. I swim in a world with such a twisted morality that's causing so much pain in the world rather than the flourishing way of Jesus. This is normalised, all this stuff. I swim in a world where cyclones come and disrupt my best laid plans to have a really amazing rule of life. I swim in a world that's groaning for redemption. It's hard to stay clean when you swim in a sewer. Amen? It's not easy to follow Jesus today. And so I don't know about you, but it's like you start the year and I was like, you know, you have a summer break and stuff. And I come back, and oh, I'm going to be just such an amazing Christian this year. Oh, watch out, devil, he's coming. You know, I'm all, oh. and then we did the rule of life talk. Do you guys remember that? Like, here's our vision and here's how we can have a rule of life to live our vision so that Jesus is at the centre. And we write down all these things. Oh, I'm going to be such an amazing Christian. I'm going to fast on Wednesdays. And, we'll do. and then a cyclone comes. And you're like, oh, dear. Oh, no. You know, and your whole life gets disrupted. And uh, so how's it going, friends, on the rule of life? <laughs> you know, like, they, they, they reckon, like, willpower, which is so often how we try and live the Christian life, right? Urgh, willpower. But willpower is fine when it's, when it's there, but it's a depleting resource. That's why by the end of the day, those cheese and crackers and that wine look so good. And even if you're like, no, I don't drink on Tuesday night, big Tuesday, your willpower, end of the day, those cheese and crackers look real good. Hey, Jen. <laughs> Jen literally last night was like, Did you, where's the box of crackers gone? And I'm like, <laughs> the dog, you know? <laughs> and then like you go through a cyclone, like your willpower just gets a hammering. And it's like, 
it's so hard, right? And thank God for His grace. Thank God for His mercy. Thank God that He's patient. Isn't He amazing? So you can just run to Him. Like again, um, I love Cy Rogers. Let your sin propel you towards God, not away from Him. Run to the one who can make you clean. Ah, yes. Because a healthy image of God sees us in our failings, choose Him again. So that's why I need something. I need something more than willpower and inspiration, even though I'm doing my best to inspire you this morning. This is why things like a rule of life are really helpful. And I need a community to help me to live it out. I need moments of confession and grace. I need to be reminded, which is why we've gathered this morning, that we are going to press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. We're going to press on, baby. Like this is term two. This, these first two Sundays are change gears. Term one sucked. We didn't live out our rule of life because a cyclone came. We're trying our best to orientate our life around Jesus, but that was tricky. So let's shred that bad boy and get back on the wagon this morning in Jesus' name. And say, we're going to press on. And that's why we're going to, we're going to choose that. And at the end of that passage in Philippians, it says, all of us who are mature should take such a view of things. So if there's a degree of maturity in your life, it's not about whether you've fallen off the wagon, it's whether you're used to getting back on the wagon. So I'm going to choose to, I'm going to keep choosing Jesus. This is what it means to be faithful, is you keep choosing Jesus. And this morning I'm like, as a church, I want us to recommit ourselves, we're going to keep choosing you, Jesus. It's massively countercultural to do that. It takes like radical people to choose the way of Jesus today. It's not for the faint-hearted. Jesus didn't say ever it would be easy to follow him. You know, the church in the West has had it relatively easy for a while, but that season's coming to an end. That's a good thing for us. Like, there's something deep down in our bones that has to be committed to the way of Jesus now. We're swimming in too much other stuff. So now it's time for, for, for people to say, I am your disciple, Jesus, and I'm going to follow you wherever you lead. So that's what we're shooting for is a long obedience in the same direction. So how can we make some choices this morning that help us to be faithful? In Isaiah chapter 40, is this lovely scripture. It says, For those who hope in the Lord, they will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They will not walk and not be faint. I love this passage because I love the spectrum here. I love the whole thing here like, some of us this morning, genuinely, I know I've met a couple of you, you're soaring on wings of eagles. It's like, yeah, baby, Jesus is my homeboy, and I'm loving life with Jesus. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, two in the front row, there's like, a couple of others. It's like, it's, you know, and it's just like, it's beautiful. And I'm like, I'm all about it. Uh, you know, let's go. Again, I'm like, one of the things I just want to be known for, like, I want to be in my 80s and more passionate than I am now about Jesus. And I've been in the game for 40 years now, you know, and it's like, I just want to keep going and keep choosing Jesus. So there's seasons when we're soaring and I love it. But then it's like, sometimes, man, running and not growing weary is phenomenal. And that's, I think, a lot of our experience. It's like, man, that's pretty good. Like there's a bit of energy involved still. And we're just in this sense of divine power and life. We were carrying some stuff and we're, there's, some, like, there's a bit going on. But we're just with Jesus is ticking along. Walk and not faint. Come on. Crawl and not collapse. You know, I'm like, sometimes we, and I think, so I'm not, on one level, I'm trying not to be like, sore church, that I can't help myself. There's a bit of me there. But you know what? Sometimes it's super unhelpful. You're like, you know what? For a whole bunch of us, I'm like, 
left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, walk with Jesus. Walk with Jesus. So what are you doing so that your left foot, right foot, you're walking with Jesus? What are the disciplines you've got in place, the devotional things, the choices that you make in your rule of life? So it may not feel like you're soaring, but you know you're walking. I'm walking with Jesus. I'm walking with Him. And so the win, I think, this season is just to keep moving. Right? Keep moving in some way towards Jesus. Keep moving towards Him. That's the win. Please, this is it. Like the enemy will use all sorts of stuff to try. And this is an off ramp for some people because you go through COVID, you go through cyclones, you go through all sorts of disruption. And it can be a bit of an off ramp in terms of moving. And we can start regressing. And we can go back to the boats as the disciples did. We can go back to those things that we're comfortable with and familiar with rather than to keep. But here I am this morning saying, put your hope in Jesus and keep moving. Keep moving in some way, shape or form towards Him. And and I love this, failing yet not giving up is succeeding. (laughs) So true, right? The only reason I can stand before you this morning as a pastor is because I have not given up. It's the only thing I'm good at is not giving up. Literally, I made a commitment 20 years ago where I was like, I am not going to give up even when I screw up. Even when I really screw up, I'm going to keep choosing Jesus. I'm going to keep choosing Him and keep trusting in His grace, keep trusting in His mercy, keep trusting in His character. I'm just going to keep choosing Jesus. And, it's the, and I like, that's the only thing I'm good at is getting back on the wagon. <laughs> good habit. I'm just, like, it's not about whether you smash it or not. It's like, just don't give up. Don't give up. And if you don't give up, that's a massive win. It's succeeding. Romans 5 says, Perseverance produces character. Romans 5 verse 3, Perseverance produces character. It's that perseverance, I'm not going to give up. This morning, some of you guys just need to get this in your bones. I'm not going to give up. Screw you, devil. I'm not giving up. I'm going to keep you. I'm going to do some stuff that keeps me moving towards him. So this morning, back in the wagon. Now, one of the, there's certain habits, obviously, that we've banged on about a lot that really serve in the formation of our, uh, of our life and trying to just that whole orientation of, I want to be formed in Christ. Uh, and there's certain things that we bang on about a lot, like your devotional practices are super key uh, in a distracted world with attention to, to learn, to be with Jesus every day, to sit with Him. That's why, again, we've got all these resources on our home church and building a devotional life, you know, deepening your devotional life, the prayer courses, blah, 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 blah. Um, but here's the thing. I think we actually need to take a little bit more seriously the fact that this stuff works. It works. Like you choose to sit with Jesus and you keep fighting for that habit, it will do something to your soul. It will, it works. And so I just know now, after we've been, this church has been going for just over five years, I'm like, I know that people that go to a home church or are engaged in an upper click or a huddle, I know they're growing in Jesus. It works. And here's the thing uh, I listened to a great talk by John Ortberg when I was in, um, in the States last year. And he talked about the AA. It was so good. And he said, you know, at the end of, the, of an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, they'll often, not always, but often they'll, they'll stand at the end of it, they'll hold hands or just stand there, and they say something along the lines of this. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. So work it, you're worth it. And they say this because they know that if they don't come back, they will get drunk. 
and they may die or they'll continue to destroy relationships and lives around them. So the end of the meeting, they say, keep coming back. It works if you work it, so work it, you're worth it. And here's the thing. To know Jesus and to commit to orientate our life around him works. It leads to a way of life that's full of grace and freedom and nurtures us and just sees us come alive. And so the question that John Utbu was saying, and, and, um, and many authors have gone down this track of like, why can't the church become a little bit more like the AA? And like we can actually, because again, this is, this is literally our philosophy between, behind huddles and upper clicks. It's like we need a weekly meeting that acknowledges that without this meeting, it's almost impossible to have a devotional life if you haven't grown up. Now, for some of our older boomers and stuff, it's a different story because you grew up in a culture that didn't have the iPhone uh, and that where the daily quiet time was just literally what you did if you were a Christian. But for pretty much anyone under 45 or so, without a meeting, like we're distracted. We're distractaholics. Like we just, we, we don't know how to pray and we don't know how to sit and to be with Jesus. So we've had a meeting that's been running now for four years where boys and girls have been getting together at a cafe to hold each other accountable, to say sober, <laughs> to, to, to be detached from all the crazy and to sit with Jesus every day. And so John Utbud's like, if Christians are willing to, to show up like alcoholics, then God can do something. To show up in utter neediness, to, to be real, to, to not hide, but to acknowledge it's not easy to follow Jesus now, so I need a community of support around me to help me follow the way of Jesus. So it works if you work it. So work it, you're worth it. Come on. Because spiritual power cannot flow when people hide and pretend to be someone they're not. As I said in my little prayer earlier, God can't transform the person you're pretending to be. He can't change the person you're pretending to be. That's why I was so irritated with the Pharisees who acted like they had their spiritual lives together when inside they were a giant dumpster fire. So the role of the Christian is to let people see the dumpster fire and keep choosing Jesus. And in the context of community, we slowly can be transformed from glory to glory to glory to become more like Jesus, especially as we choose to sit with Him every single day. So here, this is my thing. I just know now that it works. I know that you can grow in your Christ-likeness. Now, annoyingly, it's super slow. How irritating is that? But honestly, I was so tired and grumpy all of our school holidays, you know, because it was such a big term and I was tired and I needed a rest and that's why it's wise to rest. Like, nothing wrong. Like, that's just, of course you're going to feel like that if you're ever a pastor that led the church to a cyclone, right? This is nothing, you know. But I was tired and grumpy and then you get known as such a terrible Christian. I'm just grumpy, you know. And then you know, I hang out with, you know, my family, my, my real family, you know, and you're just like, they don't get to see Pharisee Sam because I just can't be bothered. <laughs> you guys, I can. I try a little bit. At least act a little bit. <laughs> For my family, I'm just grumpy, Sam. My poor wife, long-suffering wife. She sees me in this moment. She's like, okay, that's great, you know. But she sees me, like, tomorrow morning. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if I can keep that in there. So, you know. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm going to keep choosing Jesus. I'm going to keep choosing Jesus. I'm going to keep choosing Jesus. And I'm going to sit at his feet tomorrow morning, and say, transform me, Lord. I'm sorry for my brokenness. I'm sorry for my weaknesses. I'm going to press on. 
And so I know that you can grow in your Christ. I know that you can learn to be with Jesus. I know that you can learn to become like Jesus. And I know that you can do what Jesus did more and more and more, live a life of sacrificial love and mission for others rather than just selfishness. You can live a life of blessing. You can, you can learn to have a devotional life. You can learn to Sabbath. You can live to, learn to live out a rule of life that helps shape and, and orient. That's, that's beyond willpower. It's like just literally your schedule. You can totally do it. Our home churches work. Our huddles work. Our upper clicks work. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. So work it, you're worth it. And so this morning and next Sunday, our reset Sundays, we're going to explore our rule of life again a little bit more depth last week. Uh, next week, sorry, we're not going jumping into DeLorean and going back into. We're going to go next week. We're going to talk about um, the rule of life. But but this morning, the invitation is like, let's get back on the wagon. Let's get back on the wagon and say yes to Jesus. Say yes again to the long obedience. So as we come into land this morning, and it's a minor miracle that I haven't, uh, with all the reflection that I've actually got a talk that fits within it. Um, I want to ask you some questions. Like this morning, what are, what are the things? For most of you guys, we worked on this rule of life as we started the year. So what's hindering you from living this rule of life, this coming term? What does that look like? Now, again, we'll do a little bit more work on this next week to, to, to um, brush the dust off that. But just I want us to finish with some reflection this morning. Like, what does it look like for me to have a life with God? What does it look like for me to rest well, to have margin in my life, to Sabbath? What does it look like? What are the key relationships I need around me in terms of a home church or a huddle or upper click? Uh, and what can it look like for me to live a life of, of love, which is mission? How can we live a life of love a little bit more intentionally? To, to spend time with the poor, with those on the fringes of our society, uh, to, to live a life of blessing for others. So one of the things I love, like, what's hindering that? And even if as we sit and think about that, um, Dave Riddell talks about stinky thinking. <laughs> so like we can identify our stinky thinking. So what are the lies that we're believing that say we can't do this? What's the stinky thinking that's, that's what is the lies that, that are there somehow in your psyche that say, oh, I can't do it in this season? It's the classic ploy of the enemy, eh? Just this season. It's just a bit tricky. And we all know that seasons turn into lifestyle because seasons should end. But then it's, like, no, it's another season, another season. And before you know it, it's just life. It's just like, again, you've been formed. That's just who you are. So we're trying to have a counter-formation so that Jesus is the priority. So what does it look like to, to identify that? But here's the thing. So that's some of the negatives. Like how can we identify? But, but the thing I'm more interested in is I just want the Spirit of God to fill your imagination about who God is calling you to become. So like, look at this. Like this, some of this stuff, this, it gets drenched in the Scriptures. But like, man, just try and imagine, like this is literally God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This isn't for super Christians. This is for everyone born again, filled with the Spirit of God. Everyone is called to be a person filled with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I hate even saying that out loud. I feel so convicted. But I'm like, Lord, um, but then like, again, conviction, fine. But now, Lord, fill me with faith and fill my imagination about what it feels like to be that guy in 10 years' time, a little bit more filled with that stuff, right? Put on love, da, da, da. Galatians 5, I'm like, man, what does it look like for love, joy, and peace? Not to be fleeting moments that happen every now and then, but my predominant experience because I'm just filled with the Spirit of God. Where my predominant experience daily is I feel loved by God and just love the, people that's, love the person that's in front of me. And I feel filled with joy and peace. 
not to mention the rest of it. I'm like, that sounds, that's like every advertisement is lying to you saying, buy this, you'll feel that. You get those silk sheets or whatever it is, and it's like, oh, you'll feel so peaceful. And it's like, whatever, it's all a lie. You get that next gadget, you'll feel so full with joy, and it lasts for like three days, and then you're bored of the new phone. Or whatever. And so it's like, just it's all of mirage and a hoax, but in the Spirit of God, we find what we're looking for. So what is it like? Literally, Holy Spirit wants to, to fill your imagination with like, like to give you a foretaste. Like this is what, and we have glimpses, right? All of us who've been following Jesus for any length of time have moments where we're like, I feel peace. I feel this unreal sense of God's peace. I shouldn't feel it right now because there's a lot going on, but I feel this deep, weighty peace of God. And just you just sort of, yeah, baby. Yeah, you know? What a witness to an anxious world. You know, joy, I'd, I've been praying for this one. I've just realised, Jen, in the sermon, not an external, internal process of realising some things. I'm like, I need more, I need, I just want to be more joyful even when I'm a bit tired. Amen. <laughs> a little too loud, baby. We'll talk about this on the card trip home. <laughs> I, I'm like, man, I just, uh, just want to be more filled with joy. How do you do that as an introverted guy? All right, Jesus, let's work on that one. And no. <laughs> yes, probably. Probably the Lord brought us together. Anyway, does that make sense? So let me just, let's just spend a bit of time just resetting. Just going, Lord, we've processed some stuff. And that's not a one-off thing. Like I would love us to continue to process, to get in the habit of just reflecting and processing well, to take the wisdom of the 95-year-olds and go, I want to live a life that's consistently reflecting, having the time and moment just to reflect on where I'm at, what I'm feeling, how I'm doing, uh, just to process it with Jesus well. Because if you don't, uh, it will bubble out other ways. Normally, Grief normally manifests itself in anger from a lot of men over time. Unprocessed grief normally manifests itself as anger down the track. Get angry about our lives and all sorts of stuff. So like process it so that you can be a more fruity person. Amen. So let's just, let's just again wait on the Lord. Ask him just to, to fill us afresh with vision for what it looks like to, to choose him, for our life to be orientated around him. To, to, again, in this moment, we're putting our hope in the Lord. And when we put our hope in the Lord, he renews our strength so that we can soar, so that we can walk, so that we can run. Sometimes it means we can crawl, whatever it is, that we move towards them. So Lord, we just, in this moment now, Lord, we just lift our gaze once more to you. Lord, we can look to all sorts of other things to try and numb our pain or to, to, to distract us from our reality. But Lord, we want to sit with our reality and look to you. And ask us, Lord God, that you would indeed renew our strength by your Spirit this morning. So come, let it be. I pray even now there'll be a sense of just the, the Spirit of God renewing strength. Lord, we want to be disciples of Jesus. We've said yes to you, Jesus. You're not just our Saviour, you're our Lord. So Lord, we want to be your disciple. Teach us to, to what it means to, to be with you and to become like you and to do what you did. Help us to orientate the entirety of our lives around you that would be deeply, deeply nourished in your presence and that would follow faithfully until the day we see you face to face. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your patience. We thank you for your forgiveness and your mercy. We're going to need that every day of our lives. But Lord, help us to be transformed from glory to glory, to become more and more like you every day, every week, every month, every year, every decade, that we would just be captivated by you. 
and love you and follow you all the days of our life. We bless you, Lord. We love you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.